0: Aiko, my name is Rania Matt, and I'm a creative in Accra. With me today is B Arthur, also known as Queen Bee. Bee has undergone many incarnations as a creative. For years, we knew her as one of our most beloved fashion designers, winner of the Quora Fashion Awards in South Africa. Her experience includes being a language teacher, a translator, a decorator, and one of the judges for the Malta-Guinness street dance competition. She's also collaborated with the United Fashion for Peace Project by New African Woman magazine in France, and later with the Ethical Fashion Initiative. She has been voted an African personality by Danish magazine Verke, as well as Personality of the Year in Ghana. How many times did they vote you Personality of the Year in Ghana? I forget how many times. It wasn't just once. She's currently Prof Emeritus Elena Chuis Press Attaché, as well as an African art collector together with her partner. What I've always admired about B is her originality, her charisma, and her courage to unapologetically just be. I love your joie de vivre or spark, and your humor, and we've never had a dull moment together. Thank you so much for joining me today, B. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on this platform. It's a joy. Ah, you know, you're the only person, or the first person ever, whom I asked a question to, and who threatened to kill me in return so the question shall not be mentioned (laughs) but I'm curious if you were to kill me if you were to kill me how would you go about it yes oh
1: I would probably ingest you you're so delicious (laughs) I would
0: probably cook you you know slowly Will it be a Russian dish, a Ghanaian dish, or a combination of the two?
1: Michoui, Michoui, I'll spice you nicely with air de Provence. (laughs) Add some shito
0: to it, you know, to be a very nice multicultural, herbal, spicy mix. All right, all right, all right.
1: (laughs) I think although we're not we're not going to tell them what you asked
0: me mm-hmm. um we're not no
1: i like the idea
0: of yes no we're not
1: i like the idea of having a little bit of mystery because pretty much i am an open book at least so mm-hmm. i seem or mm-hmm. you know that's how i appear to mm-hmm. be i mean what you see what you get but i think that um everybody should have a little bit of history to them you know and so that's why i didn't tell you it's not because i don't trust you i don't love you plus you have every intention of divulging my secret to <laughs> the world on your platform <laughs> what earth with you <laughs> oh no so yeah that's that's basically what what it's all about yeah Thank you, thank you, and, thank you, and
0: Nadia, the idea of testing you was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, B, you've you've been someone who has recreated herself consistently, weekly, recreated herself over your different careers. How were you able to achieve that? Do you think that? There was an innate part of it, something you acquired. So what is the innate part of it that allowed you to do that? And what are the skills you acquired by doing that?
1: Okay, Um, I'm not quite sure I want to say that I recreated myself. I think I explored the different facets of my personality. So as I've never been an inhibited person. No, and I have been fortunate. I think if you have to work and only think of, I have to pay the bills. I have to pay the bills. Then of course you can't allow yourself to get up one morning and say, Oh, I'm fed up with this. I'm going to try this. I have been fortunate to have that luxury of being able to say that, okay, even if I try something out and it doesn't work out um, immediately, I have to wait for a while before it works out. I'm still going to have food to eat, I'd still have a roof over my head. So it it is a luxury, okay? Let's let's make that clear. So for me, I I I've always known that okay, from childhood I wanted to be a doctor in the morning and on stage at night. Purely because <laughs> Because my dad was a doctor and he wanted me to become one. And I admired him, you know, in his white overall and stethoscope and all the respect that he got when, you know, I followed him to work. But in the evening, my dad loved to listen to records. And I particularly remember we had a, um, I don't remember whether it was Diana Ross or one of one of those very famous African-American singers. And it it was the 70s, so she had this... Um, outfit full of sequins and glitter and I thought it was so glamorous it was so much fun but then I also wanted to be a doctor so I think from an from from the onset from childhood I, I, I was never told that it's impossible to be both so that's very crucial yeah. Uh, as a child or as a human being girl boy that nobody tells you that oh it's not possible you can't be an engineer and be a dancer you, you don't have those restrictions so in your mind it's, it's feasible you know so already having that in me and then as I grew up of course I have some innate definitely I have innate inclinations and and capabilities. I come from a family where a lot of people are artistically inclined, um, a family where a lot of people are polyglots. So probably I can't take all the credit for my talents. I probably got some via DNA. And so I, as I said, if you combine my innate, you know, gifts or talents with the fact that I had the luxury of being allowed to experiment and move when I thought okay um, I've done my bit in this you know in this sphere Uh, let's see if I can do something useful in something else or why not do things concurrently because the fact that I design clothes never stopped me from translating Russian texts once in a while from you know, to English or vice versa. It never stopped me, uh, in, you know, accompanying a group of Russians who came to town and who could, of course, find very able professional translators. But then I'm like a native speaker, you know, so it was more fun. And uh, I wasn't averse to having a bit of vodka with them because it's part of the whole thing, you know. So, as I said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I've always been able to do things in, you know, concurrently. So the kind that would go digging in the garden in the morning, and then I'll put it down and come and take my book and read two chapters. And then after that, I'll go and translate the text. It's, it's a natural way. I mean, I don't think I'm
0: called B for nothing. Because I think it's like Yeah. Well there is that, but also bees are very disciplined and hard workers. And I'm sure you know it's never talent alone. So you must have that. What do you think is the part that your work ethic played in in, you know?
1: Oh yes, I am somebody who doesn't generally like to start something and leave it halfway. Now, the fact that I relegated, put it on a back burner, because maybe there's something else that needs more of my attention at any particular time, that's a different story. But um, if there's anybody I've ever wanted to prove a point to, Rania, it's always been to myself. It's never been trying to prove anything to anybody. I've always wanted to see that, okay, yes, I started and I did it. You know, it was difficult. There were challenges. Or I, I didn't even have the formal training for something, but heck, it was fun. I gave it my best shot. And so there have been times to be honest where not due to lack of confidence, but sometimes me myself, I've been like, hey, Charlie, wow. <laughs> I mean, I actually did that. You know, mm-hmm. I set out doing something thinking, you know what? If I fail, you know, at least I tried. And so when you manage to succeed or somebody gives you an award for it, it's like an extra, you know, and then you sit down and pat yourself on the head and say, good girl, B, you know, so you, you need to, it's good to have encouragement from friends, family. You need to have also confidence and you also need to pat yourself on the back for taking up something that maybe let's be honest, maybe you, you, you thought you were not really, skilled for or properly mm-hmm. formed or you know what, I, what i'm trying to say so yeah. yes well work ethics is absolutely it's primordial you don't undertake anything if you don't think that it's something that you really want to finish or alternatively if you realize halfway that this is not my thing and probably i'm gonna end up doing something shoddy it's very crucial to pull out at the right time so that you don't invest too much of your time and energy. It's, it's okay to start something, realize that you won't be able to do it to perfection and pull out. So you can redirect your, your energy, you know, and resources,
0: time, whatever,
1: into something else, like another adventure.
0: Yeah, one thing about you, B, is you've always, you know, from the first time we met, you've always seemed to be an explorer, seemed to be fearless. And one of the people that is very comfortable in her own skin. And for me, for example, it took time to achieve that, to get to that stage of being, you know, my nature was fearless, but then through education, um, I would not, I would repress it. And then eventually I let it out. So I wonder if um, you were always this way, uh, where does that come from? Or whether it is something that you grew into or whether there was a process for you to get to that?
1: Okay, so let's see. Um, you would not believe it, but I was actually a shy child growing wow. up. Wow,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, I was a shy child. Uh, I was very tomboyish, um, probably because I was uh, looking I loved my dad very much. I adore my mom. I'm grateful that she's still with us. But I really looked up to my dad. And so I think at some point I became, you know, I I didn't just want to become a doctor like him, but I probably started acting like a boy. And then uh, due to circumstances, I had to leave Ghana. I went to Russia. And that's when I realized that being timid, being quiet and, you know, shy... Uh, allowed people to bully me basically because you know I I needed to defend myself so I think that kind of quote-unquote adversity where I was the only uh, I hate the word colored kid in a Russian school where I was constantly being bullied uh, sort of forced me to like no I'm not going to sit down and cry and allow you know People to get away with calling me names. So initially, I started by literally, physically fighting. I was yeah. I was fighting because I didn't speak the language well enough to be able to defend myself verbally. There's another aspect of Idrania Also, I realized that regardless of um, what I did, I was always seen as different. Yeah. I couldn't blend in. Now, when you were a teenager, you know peer pressure. You want to be like your peers. At school, it worked. All my friends with time, they got used to me. I spoke the language where I had a perfect command. So everybody stopped seeing me as the different girl or the colored girl. But once we stepped out, once we stepped out of school, you know, it was stepped into town, whether it's in the bus at park, everybody would always point out to you that you're not like everybody else, that you're different. So I think Fortunately, I don't remember at which age, probably at the age of 15, I decided to own that difference. Yeah. I decided that instead of feeling like an outsider, why don't I just go uh, at this stage, regardless of what I do, I still look different. When I comb my hair back or up or sideways, I'd still be different. So it's, it, it's a kind of a freedom. You're free. You're not compelled to look like anybody you're not compelled to walk and dress I came I I went all way really way out you know doing all type of fancy hairstyles I would wear my makeup was so wild that my grandmother threatened to throw me out of the house
0: (laughs) (laughs) just (laughs) because because of the makeup (laughs)
1: yeah just because of the makeup you know it was it was the eight it was the 80s you know i was emulating madonna you know i was wearing the bangles. i had all the crosses and then you know there were like 25 shades of eyeshadow on my eyelids i mean it was terrible but it was fun you know because i think that um, that's, it's, it's probably the same thing that has evolved into white hair. I always wanted to give people another reason to look at me instead of just of my skin tone. So yeah. look at me because I'm crazy. Look at me because I am wild. Look at me for any other reason you want you, but just don't look at me simply because I'm brown or black or green. Like I hated that idea so much. So I know for me, it was, it was fun when I came to Ghana, I you know, I also started doing colorful hair, and of course, everybody thought I was being scandalous and provocative. And just imagine when I walk right now into town, and every other girl has green, blue, purple hair extensions. I feel vindicated. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you know, one thing there be that that I'm, I think, is fantastic. Is that you know that point there that you mentioned don't become a victim but actually take ownership and take ownership of your difference and make a statement out of it so yeah i think i think this and you you did it very precautiously so wow and you're still doing it yeah good still doing it i got away with it
1: i got away with it but i think um if you're just an empty barrel. Let's be honest. If I were just somebody who was talentless, you know, just walking around with crazy wild hair, I don't think you would be talking to me today for just the fact that I dared to put on pink or white or blue hair. I think that no matter what, there was uh, first they were shocked by my appearance. But then when they scratched the surface, they probably discovered that I had other talents, or qualities as a person. Not everybody liked me, which is fine. I, I, I find that wonderful. So I'm, I'm very respectful of people not accepting me, considering me to be too loud, uh, begging for attention. whatever. fine. That's okay. I own it. I accept
0: it. You know, <laughs> and, <laughs> it's, and it's all good. <laughs> that's, that's the difference. That's the difference. Sure, um, so go. B, can you tell me a little bit about your creative process? I mean, how does it change from the different jobs or careers that you had? Was it the same or has it evolved? What inspires you? How does your process work? Oh, I think I
1: have evolved tremendously. Probably because I, over the years, I have uh, encountered other artists you know, who express themselves in various forms, different media of expression, whether it's um, sculpture, whatever, film, you name it. In fact, I I do want to point out that when I got a job with um, the Ethical Fashion Initiative as a consultant, my job was not to teach people how to design, how to design clothes. My job was actually to show them the interconnectedness between the different forms of artistic expression and how they inform and supplement and enrich each other. So, you know, I think that that's the same thing that worked for me. That's why I was um, I, I could then impart it on them. You know, it wasn't just something that they gave me a script and said, Beata, go and talk to the younger." I spoke from my heart because I could literally give them um, examples and tell them that I did this outfit, for example, because I went to a Kandinsky uh, exhibition in Paris. So I think the fact that over the years I have encountered so many, I've encountered poets, filmmakers, dancers, and everybody consciously, subconsciously. Sometimes you just need to go away with the feeling. You don't have to have an, like a picture. I don't need to see a picture. I need to go away with a sensation, a good feeling, a good vibe from having spent an afternoon talking maybe to a poet. And that could be enough to inspire me to do something. Or or I could be in your house and maybe even the way you presented your meal on a plate, could be something that would enrich in me because it's like a pot, you know where you throw so many ingredients it the fun aspect is pivotal i mean i can survive on adrenaline and endorphins and dopamines and whatever i forget to eat to sleep you know because i'm so like oh my god this is so much fun oh my god this is so much fun you know so that even though i know i'll pay a price later my back will ache, you know, and my knees. But I am so alive in that, in that whatever, whether it's 3, 10, 24 hours. It's such a high that everything else is irrelevant. So it's all the jobs that I've done, whether it's translation, you know, whether it's uh, going to shows, accompanying a professor, whether it's doing my own thing. At the end of the day, it's always been the joy. So I, I'm I, in that sense, as a creative person, I think that's the biggest reward that we get as creatives. That joy that we get from what we do, um, it supersedes by far the money, the the accolades, you know, the the limelight. It's all good, but the joy when you are there, you alone with your thing, you are creating. I think nothing surpasses it. So it's, it's very crucial
0: for me and I'm sure for you as well. Yeah, yes, exactly. That that aliveness that you mentioned and that sense of joy and enthusiasm, you know, when play. Yes. Absolutely. B, what do you think makes you a really good press attache for Elle?
1: Well, obviously I have... Uh, I have language skill, which is probably something that is necessary to be a, a press attaché because I'm dealing with, uh, you know, institutions or whatever in in foreign languages. So I need to be able to translate. But I also think that we should admit that I'm very I have the advantage of having traveled quite a bit. I have um, I have very good interpersonal skills. I'm uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sensitive. I have cultural um, I have cultural knowledge. That makes me pretty much a very skilled um, a very skilled press attaché. And uh, I'm saying this not just because I have confidence and I believe in myself, but because I've actually gotten some feedback from even the other side, the people for whom or or, you know, I've had to maybe, you know, translate something for my for my my employer or vice versa. They've commended me so I can very like bravely tell you
0: that I'm doing a good job. (laughs) Fantastic, fantastic. I mean that's amazing. The reason I'm asking you a question is, you know, um it's it's something that a lot of people can be inspired of or learn from you know it is a type of job actually that marries different dif- sure. disciplines and because you're doing it and you're sure. doing it well having your feedback on that could be very helpful to a young person for example who's thinking about okay what is it about what do i need to be able to do something like that really well sure you know? sure
1: sure in in my case i as a i'm um... I'm, I'm very um, fortunate because number one, um, I love art. I also have ad- additional knowledge. That's so what I'm saying that everything you do in life enriches you, it, it adds up. And you never know how, in a very strange way, somewhere, you know, further in your career, it might be those experiences that you had that would make you stand out you know, as opposed to other people who, who could probably have better degrees than you and might seem better fit, you know, theoretically. But because you have a much more broad spectrum, I mean, I've been everything. I've worked I've worked in the printing press. I've worked in the dog chain factory. I've been an au pair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do
0: you know the what dog I mean? chain thing, <laughs> I
1: didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I worked in a dog chain factory because when I was growing up in the Soviet Union, um, we had to, we, uh, after, after I think after the, after the eighth grade, which is like when you're 14, um, they, they compelled us to do attachments. I really found or uh, acquired a lot of respect for factory workers. Because when I saw that they have to be there from, you know, from dawn till dusk in those environments, I, I don't know how their ears didn't explode, you know. So it was nice. It was interesting. But it also helped me to work. I kind of learned how to rock and work with, with iron and with certain tools, which I later ended up using for my work as a as a fashion designer. And then, mind you, at the time, it was very fashionable to wear. You remember dog colors and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know the Madonna era and also belts with all the studs. Uh-huh. Now, I I, I couldn't. Uh, they were not available readily in the in the Russian Soviet imagine Soviet fashion. There was, mm-hmm. there, was there wasn't anything like that. So basically, I was. I was allowed to put studs in my belts after I'd finished my assignment. So I was the coolest. I was the coolest girl in my school. I was the coolest girl on my street. Because I had all these studded belts and dog chains and all of this stuff. So, so it was really fun. You know, as I said, doing all these different things kind of enriches you, you know. It makes you, um, it empowers you because you, you never know where those skills can become handy
0: later in yeah. life, in future, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was cool. Absolutely. So you know. I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, that over-specialization and making people feel that, you know, oh, you should only do this thing and that's the thing for you is very outmoded no, no, it no, doesn't no. serve us because it just limits you in terms of yourself and what you discover about yourself and and Absolutely. how you can grow so be yeah so I, yes my yeah, dear. if you could have anything what would you have
1: all the nice art in the world <laughs> I would buy, I would build a, a museum, a huge one yeah. and get all the nice art from all over the world where, you know, regattas, sculpture, painting, you need a jewelry. I would put it all over all the walls and I would, and, and my bed would be in the middle somewhere. Wow.
0: <laughs> and, and yeah. What about those dinners with Frida Kahlo? You what is it about the Friday dinners with Frida Kahlo yeah
1: it has to be Friday man. it cannot it has be, to be Thursday it has to be Friday <laughs> I don't know why it has to be Friday Friday yeah you know it's kind of like I'll have the weekend later to digest everything because I, <laughs> I, find, I find it very 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 fascinating I love her her spirit you know I love how I mean I'm not saying she was perfect nobody is you know and it's overrated totally (laughs) perfect yeah yeah so I, I completely I like her spirit I like everything I like the way she she promoted him you know she was she was half um Austrian and and uh half mexican but i like the way that she kind of tried to promote her indigenous um, culture how she made it cool to wear all that interesting you know jewelry all that stuff and and generally her personality i mean i found her somebody who who laughed in the face of adversity, you know, cheating, but terribly talented husband, extremely fascinating. How it love for me in in this case conquers or, you know, conquers everything. It goes above everything. The love they had for each other kind of saw them through all the ups and downs and, you know, she was, she was a woman who went through terrible adversity. But, you know, and we forgot about her, to be honest, uh, for a long time. Frida was forgotten until, you know, you know, fortunately Hollywood and other people revived her. And, um, yeah, so I just, she's just one of those. She's not the only woman. I mean, I love Georgia O'Keefe. Yeah. I would like to meet her as well, you know, and other amazing. I don't want to sound feminist, please. I love other <laughs> artists as well not only women <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but in terms of modern art you know the specific women who who i really like of course uh was the uh, limpids limpidski olympica i think is also quite an interesting there's some interesting russian uh, female artists mm-hmm. so so i generally love modern art but if i had to pick somebody with whom i'd have friday dinner
0: it would I'm only intrigued. be frida <laughs> so and this is we're getting close to the end right now so if this is my last question to you and if you could ask frida one question what would it be
1: oh i would ask frida how did she come by that amazing idea of building two houses and having a bridge between them (laughs) (laughs) like how 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 did she get that interesting idea whereby the bridge represented their connection you know I mean uh, right now to be honest I'm saying this but I'm sure if if I were to be seated truly in front of her probably I would ask her something a little bit more either more personal or more smart sounding, you know, uh, right now, I'm, 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 I'm so I, I'd, I'd probably be totally completely overwhelmed, you know, or, I, or I'd, I'd probably it'll take me some time I'd need to meet Frida two or three times to get accustomed to the ideas. But I think eventually, if you know, when I got comfortable with it, I would just ask her, um, where did she find this fortitude in hair? How, how what you know, what what is the who made her so or what does she think made her so strong you know and i probably that would be it
0: (laughs) wow thank you so much b i really appreciate you thank you for the time and thank you to everyone out there who's listening